the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Palo Alto, the Bay Area's business leader. The finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader. 1220 KDOW. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money. Invested in more. Ah, what a day, what a day, what a day. No markets opened yesterday. Why do I bring this up? Martin Luther King Day, Inauguration Day. A lot came out of that Inauguration Day, didn't it? Holy mackerel. News is actually running with a story today about one of the Obama twins yawning, as if that's news. Look, teenagers yawn. Teenagers are always tired. I remember that. Again, I'm not being Republican or Democrat when I say that. I'm just being honest. Holy mackerel. What do you want to talk about today? Let's start with the market numbers. S&P 500 is up 2. NASDAQ down 6. Dow Jones Industrial Average down 6. 10-year Treasury sits at 1.87%. We were in despair mode when 10-year Treasury was down at 1.5%. Now the despair, not so much. But I guess it's still out there. Uh, Earnings season. Verizon this morning, I think, uh, drops a bomb on the market. Verizon out there saying, look, margins are getting hit. Uh, employee benefit costs. A lot of people are using the high-end smartphones, and they're compensating the suppliers, both Samsung and Apple. So the mix is on brand-new phones. That favors very much so Apple. Verizon sees some growth opportunities in the quarter. Fios TV customers up 134,000, but margins were bad. Keep in mind, they also had Hurricane Sandy to deal with. So they spend billions and billions of dollars to upgrade their networks on a regular basis so that you and I could web surf, video surf, consume data at ridiculous levels. Uh, This is important to bring up. Why? I suppose it's not that important to bring up other than to say that, you know, Verizon's one of those stocks that pays a massive dividend, 4.8%. Stocks had an amazing... Uh, five-year run. Uh, it's tied largely to the smartphone, I would imagine. You could probably say that. Tied towards getting their labor situation better under control. Even though they've seen a massive change in their business from wireline to wireless, they've survived the change, unlike companies like Blockbuster, which is seeing more stores shut down. I just don't get the relevancy. Relevance? I don't see the importance of a company like Blockbuster. I don't think you do either. 
But, you know, maybe some people still like going down to the old, ye old DVD store. Um, Hurricane Sandy hurt Verizon. Stocks trading modestly higher. Uh, Apple not getting that much of a push. So it's earnings season. This is the biggest earnings week of the year. This is a week you don't take off. It would be nice if we could, but we don't. There's just too many types of companies reporting too much data. Johnson & Johnson, big healthcare company, their profits jumped on higher sales, lower charges. Is that nice to see? I suppose it's nice to see. Johnson & Johnson, bigger fourth quarter profit than a year ago. Again, this is going to drive the markets to all-time highs. Results indicated strong growth of key products, successful new product launches, and the addition of synths. They continue to make important investments in building strategic partnerships. Um, sales of medical devices and diagnostics, their largest business, compensated for uh, a weakness in manufacturing. The prescription medicine sales rose 7.1%. Pretty strong quarter. Then you jump over to DuPont, their earnings beat expectations. Um, big chemical company, big seed company. Performance chemicals didn't do very well, but their seeds did incredibly well. So, those are the big earnings stories out there. Now let's go back to, like, just putting some perspective in everything. Oh, Delta was in line. I think I should mention them as an airline. Travelers beat on a good margin. Big insurance company. Last week's big beat from Goldman, the big beat from Goldman Sachs. Big, 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 big bank. Led to a slight upward revision to a blended fourth quarter earnings growth estimates of from 1.6% to 1.9%. So Goldman Sachs basically carrying the earnings expectations. Semiconductor's not doing great. They're doing pretty good. Transport's doing fantastic. Small cap and mid cap are outperforming large cap right now. Bank of Japan today announced that it's setting a 2% inflation target. It's going to institute. They're going to institute a Open-ended quantitative easing program. Japan's got a problem. China doesn't like Japan. And Japan and China have done pretty good business in the past. That's not a good scenario for Japan to be in. Google higher, IBM higher. CSX, Texas Sentiments, Norfolk Southern, all going to report earnings tonight after the market closes. So we got that to look forward to. S&P 500 is like totally, like totally at a dollar. Totally all-time high. It's going to be there, right? Yeah, it's a paradox dude, when you look at things like SP 500 is at a total all-time high, but it's not a total all-time high. But it is if you include dividends. It isn't if you don't include dividends. Dividends are a distinct positive difference for investors. I love my dividends. You know, I get a nice paycheck in life, but when I get a dividend paycheck, I'm like, woo! Sweet. Dividends. Money makes money. Some tax hike relief. You know, a low-rate environment is nice that we're in right now. Congress made the low-income taxes permanent for all individuals earning less than 400000 and all households earning less than 450000 That's when your tax rate hikes from 35 to 39.6%. 
The dividend tax for most Americans unchanged at 15% if you earn under 450000 So dividends, they, they beat, they're better than nothing. They're something. Dividends are something. Dividends are an income stream that can be reinvested in stock or it can be used for spending purposes. So it helps the stock market as well as helps the economy. Coupon rate on long-term treasuries is fixed, whereas dividends increase over time. Dividend income is taxed different. It's tax-deferred. In accounts, it goes untaxed until it's withdrawn. U.S. companies are going to be looking for ways to maintain their shareholder base with retirement of baby boomers. Dividends will remain an important tying factor for the U.S. demographic. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from dividends. Interesting comments out of Phil Mickelson this weekend, lefty. He said he needed to make drastic changes in his life because the tax rate was going through the roof. One day later, he's backing off of it, saying, you know, finances and taxes are a personal matter. I shouldn't have made them public. I love that he, he said it. I love that he went out there and said, you know, living in California means I pay 9.5%, 10% more than you know, Tiger Woods lives in, in Florida. He said, when you add up all my taxes, state tax, income tax, sales tax, unemployment tax, social security tax, disability tax, he said he's paying, you know, out of every dollar you earn, 62 to 63 cents. He's no dummy. I think he's more right than wrong. I wish he didn't apologize. It's Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So some of the top stories this morning. Tell you the names a new chairman sometime this year. He was the man who led the development of the Prius Hybrid. He will replace the current chairman who's been there since 2006. Time Warner Cable could be gaining the L.A. Dodgers TV broadcast from Fox Sports in 2014. Apple reportedly set to introduce an iPhone 5S in June, according to reports out of China. Research in Motion is considering a strategic alliance for its BlackBerry 10 models. Tied towards either the software and or maybe spinning off the hardware. We're not quite sure. Disney has filed CEO Bob Iger's 2012 compensation figures with the SEC. $40.2 million, up 20% from 2011. Boeing, in the news still, they will not deliver any new 787 until the FAA approves the compliance method of its recent airworthiness directive on the jet's batteries. It appears that Chen looks to be looking at the batteries themselves, whereas the United States looks to be looking at the wiring systems. Long story short, there is insurance, so don't feel too bad about where Boeing is sitting at this point in time. I think they'll be okay. SP 500 is up one, the Dow down 14, the NASDAQ down eight. Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton. He's with New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a certified financial planner. One of the issues on retirement, Chad, 
I look at risk. There's market risk. There's political risk. There's uh, currency risk. There's headline risk. There's earnings risk. There's inflation risk. There's lots of types of risk. But in retirement, I think there's five. There's timing risk. When do the lower or down returns occur? There's market risk, lower overall returns. A lot of people look at the last 10 years and say, uh, people over 60, they're just not going to expose their assets to, to risk anymore. And risk equals re- higher returns mm-hmm. in theory. Um, there's expense risk. Medical costs go up. Repairs go up. Replacement of cars. There's longevity risk. Risk, you know, you live in too long. Yeah. Like at some point in time, I want my mom to die because she's becoming more and more expensive as the years go on. I know that sounds horrible to say. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. You just look like a big jerk. <laughs> but there's also inflation risk. Yeah. And inflation risk hits seniors more than anyone else because of the cost of health care and Medicare. Right. Well, you have to expose yourself to some risk assets. Otherwise, later in life, you will subject yourself to a much lower lifestyle. The only way you can keep up with inflation is dealing with stocks, commodities, different types of investments. So if we look at inflation risk as an issue, that means part of your portfolio, part of your stock portfolio has to be overseas. The reason why is because when you're earning money, in over, you know, stocks from other countries or bonds from other countries, you're automatically hedging yourself against the falling dollar, which is where inflation comes from. Okay? Higher commodity prices and a falling dollar causes inflation. So in your overall portfolio, you need to have of your government bond exposure, some of it needs to be in TIPS, Treasury Inflation Protected Bonds, and of your overall bond exposure, a decent portion needs to be in foreign bonds with a good, well-known manager that's been doing it for a while and has good risk-adjusted returns. And of your stock portfolio, you've got to have some good dividend-paying stocks from overseas as well. That's a good way to hedge against inflation. Um, Other risks that we have to hedge against is that, that idea of longevity that you talked about, right? Absolutely. I mean, people used to retire thinking they were going to live till 80, 85. Now, I've had uh, three clients make it to past age 100, and I'm sure I'll you have a lot You had three clients make it over 100? Yeah. Do you send them a gift? <laughs> I should have. Send them a, a card like, hey, you're over 100. Your life must suck. We had a client that uh, at 98 fell off of her ladder cleaning her own gutters. That's crazy. I and fell she, off my ladder. She broke her hip, and she was fine you know, six months later. Wow. Tough old lady. Tough old lady. Yes, she was. She so, loved So... So what's that? Just chew leather <laughs> for breakfast every day, leather and bacon. Um, but you know, for longevity risk, that's why I say you know you, you got to have a good portion of your overall income coming from income that you can't outlive. Yeah. Things like uh, pension type income, social security type income, income that's guaranteed from you know either the government or or some sort of a highly rated insurance company. That's your longevity switch. There's actually longevity insurance that's being sold out there now that kicks in after age 85 and starts paying you a certain amount of money. Um, So there is ways to build that into your overall plan, that that longevity risk. Let me know how much time we have left, Mr. Producer, at some point in time. Timing risk. I think it's kind of one of the things that people don't think about, but like the housing downturn caused a lot of people's retirements just calamity. Yeah. Because they had this asset that was appreciated, 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 appreciated. And then the, the 2006 real estate bubble popped. Mm-hmm. And the timing, it sucked to be a 2010 time frame. You know, it, I don't know if that makes any sense what I'm trying to say. It does because, you know, a lot of people, especially in the Bay Area, re- retire with, a lot, with rental properties, yeah. right? Yeah. And they have to do a very detailed retirement plan with their cash flow um, and saying that, okay, my income I need is here. It's going to go up with inflation every year. And my portfolio is only going to last 15 years. So obviously I'm going to have to start selling some of my properties. And if that is in real estate, you need to know 10 years ahead of the game before you know you're going to need to sell real estate. 
because real estate cycles cycle through every 10 years. So if you're going oh, through – What's that mean? Real estate cycles every 10 years? Every 10 years from peak to trough to peak to trough. Really? It's always a 10-year type of a cycle. Okay. So um, we're, we're, stocks are very similar too. I mean you have you know, seven, 70% of the time stocks are up, 30% of the time stocks are down. Bear markets, bull markets tend to last 10 to 15 years at a time. So everything cycles. So you know that, okay, it's, it's uh, 2012. I'm going to have to sell a rental property to replenish my portfolio by 2022, right? Okay. Let's say in five years you get what's really another real estate bubble, for example. I'm not saying there's going to be one, but it, let's say there is. Let's say everybody and their moms wanting to buy real estate no matter what it's doing, and you know you, you're at the top of another price point. Well, you might want to sell that property five years early and take advantage of that dip. In terms of your overall portfolio, to take out the timing risk, the timing risk when you're in retirement is you're living off of your portfolio. So the thing that will kill your returns and kill your chances of a long-term retirement in the long run is if you're selling stocks or bonds in a down market. Both have a lot of risk. In fact, in bonds, there's more risk now than ever that you're going to have to sell in a down bond market because we haven't had a down bond market for many years. And usually when the bond market's down, you get two years of negative returns. And so the only way to hedge against that, you need three years worth of your portfolio draws in cash. That's the only way that you're going to make sure that you don't time the market on the selling side. And uh, after that, every quarter on the upside, Peel your gains to replenish the amount of that cash that you've spent. That's how you reduce the risk of timing in retirement. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Sales of existing homes in the United States unexpectedly dropped in December, restrained by the lowest supply of properties in more than a decade. Still a pretty good reading as far as total sales. But even more importantly, the price of homes, again, continues to go up. Seems to be gaining a little bit of momentum. Sales estimates survey range from 4.89 million homes, almost 4.9 million, up to 5.25 million. Median price uh, was 180000 up from 162000 That's up 11.5%. Uh, overall, most homes in the United States up about 4.3% in October from the year earlier levels. I have a half price coming up in the next segment. Half price deal, that is a half price deal coming up in the next segment. Also, I've got the news of the day and much, much more. Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. One of the things we do here is we operate a radio station. And I bring that up in large part because uh, from time to time we have commercials that we push in front of you. Doing a half-off deal, which the thing I like about half-off deals is they're half-off. You automatically save money from what you'd be paying full price. Um, there's a hotel. It probably may or may not be for everyone. Um, 
it's something to consider with February 14th right around the corner, Valentine's Day, half off a hotel. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, get some fire back in the relationship. They just did a $5 million upgrade. We're talking about the Dublin Boulevard La Quinta Inn and Suites. It's close to Highway 580-680. So it's kind of get out of the town for the people in the peninsula of the city or Marin. A little bit warmer in the East Bay, which is nice. Probably pool weather. King Jacuzzi, King Relax Suite, wet bar. Bart in just a couple minutes if you're a Bart type. Easy parking if you're a driving type. Good transportation to downtown Pleasanton. So book a half-off deal for Valentine's. Book a nice restaurant, downtown Pleasanton. I think you'll be more than pleased with downtown Pleasanton. One of the greatest steakhouses I've ever been in. Heated outdoor pool, spa, fitness room, laundry facilities. You know it all. So anyway, part of this deal, you can get more information at kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz. and look for the half-price deal. So you get, in this case, uh, you know, a hotel room, regular price, 120 bucks for 60 bucks. You don't have to tell them a sugar booger. That's how you got it. I highly endorse Valentine's Day as a recommitment to your love, your passion. Get a babysitter, stay out tonight. You know what to do. I don't need to tell you that. Now, one of the areas that is so controversial has to be politics. It really seems like we live in a nation now of just anger. You know, liberals are mad at Democrats. Democrats are mad at Republicans. Republicans are mad at everyone, it seems. Now, the White House invited 23 journalists last year to a a summit, a personal finance summit. And it was tied towards, you know, global economy, U.S. economy, Americans, but particularly Americans with their pocketbook. You know, there's so much information out there now that it could be both overwhelming, but it could also be amazingly powerful. So Obama came out of that summit with four basic ideas. And I think they're worth looking at. They're worth chatting about. One of the things that he brought up was save a little bit of whatever you earn and the magic of compounding interest applies. The magic of compounding. His grandmother, who worked her way up from secretary to a bank vice president, um, you don't always apply successfully of save a little bit whenever you can. But money doubles every 7.2 years. And that's pretty powerful to remember. Uh, if you keep it in the stock market, I think equities are going to outperform bonds. I think bonds are going to outperform stocks over time. This year, I think real estate outperforms bonds. Last year, real estate outperformed bonds. Five years before, not so much. So you really have to you know, be intelligible when thinking about these kind of ideas. Um, So you want to be diversified is kind of what I'm getting at. Diversification used to be a a dirty word, and it really shouldn't be. It should be a wonderful thought, a a wonderful concept. Uh, Money doubles every 7.2 years. So 2,000 becomes 4,000, 4,000 becomes 8, 8 becomes 16, 16 becomes 32, 32 becomes 64, 64 becomes 128,000. If you start when you're 20 with $2,000. 
But if you lose seven of those years, you're down 60,000. If you lose 14 of those years, 15 of those years, you're down, you know, another 40,000. Like, it's, it's stunning how much people lose as far as time goes just by delaying. You know, I absolutely positively adore life and enjoying things and doing what you can. You know, uh, live while you're alive. Don't wait till you're 80 and can't walk. I personally don't think I'm going to live that terribly long. I work hard, stay up late, have problems de-stressing. So I'm living life pretty well now, but I'm also saving a lot now, just in case. So Obama's first tip was understand the power of compounding. Save a little bit here, a little bit there. I say save 15 to 20% of your salary. Student loans dogged the Obamas. So beware of your debt. This is lesson number two. They had $120,000 worth of debt upon graduation. I couldn't help but look around and think yesterday while watching some of the inauguration, which I was strung out. I, I traveled over the weekend and just couldn't get any sleep. You know those hotel nights where you're in a perfect bed, you're away from all the distractions of work, and you still can't sleep? So that was my uh, Sunday night, which led to my Monday, which was pretty rough, all things considered. But student loans dogged the Obamas. It took them years to pay off. I couldn't help thinking, looking at the inauguration, that he's going to end up like Al Gore, worth a billion plus dollars. Like, he's young enough, he's got the charisma, and he certainly has the connections. I mean, wouldn't you want him as a business partner, all things considered? I mean, be honest. I think he's going to be able to raise money for people, and people who raise money, they're rainmakers. Rainmakers do well. You know, young people today have kind of a quadruple whammy. they got college debt. they got their first home debt. Then you got your saving for kids' college debt. And now, like, helping our parents out. I know way too many seniors that are helping their parents out. And uh, maybe that's a personal debt, maybe that's a, a moral debt, but it's it's a debt that you have to be aware of. So Obama brought up four lessons. First being, you know, compounding helps you. Save as much as you can whenever you can, as early as you can. Then beware of debt. Next thing you want to throw up, you know, spend less than you make. Spending discipline is the most important. And again, we don't always have it. I know a friend who, uh, she likes to live well in pursuit of a husband. She likes to vacation well in pursuit of a husband. She likes to dress well in pursuit of a husband. She likes to party well in pursuit of a husband. And then you see her personal life and it's like her fridge is just filled with liquor. Like she's like, yeah... I don't eat things. And you're like, what? Like, what do you mean you don't eat things? Uh, Like, does that make any sense to anyone on the planet? So it's like she's skin and bones. Most of her exercising she does from Groupons. Most of her exercising she does from, you know, free gym trials. But she's living too large right now. And she's spending as much as she makes. She's in pursuit of the husband, but... Having seen a recent picture of her, she's starting to look a little little bloated, if you know what I'm saying. Wears a little bit too much greasy makeup. 
That'll make you look thin on a picture, but oof, in real life, not so much. Suspending discipline is critically important. I think we've seen that. I think when we see that, you know, uh, we over leverage our ability to pay for a home, and then the, the home doesn't work out the way we want it to. We will go through bad times in housing again. Spend on things that are going to increase your productivity is the final tip that he said, and your income over the long term. I've got a friend who's a, a map maker, and one piece of advice you know, is she recently got a potential interview with a rival company. It's in an area that she may or may not want to go to. I think take, try it. See if what they offer. Maybe they offer you 20000 more. It's better than her current scenario. She could go back to her current boss and say, look, I got a great offer for twenty k more. Let's meet halfway. Then she doesn't have to move. Um, being a map maker, I don't think you just have to make maps. You know, Anytime you're on a subway, anytime you're on a campus, you'll see those maps. People make those things. There's a lot of work and perspective that goes into those things. Um, she could go back to school and get a better or different degree. I think she should contact Google. Google's known for their maps. I think she should contact Apple. Apple's known for their maps. May or may not be a big switch for her. May or may not be something she's qualified for. But invest in yourself. Get yourself in a scenario where you can make affordable payments on a home. That's great. You know, in a worst-case scenario, you're able to adjust your spending and make things go a little further for you. The people that got too much home, they weren't able to adjust their spending because their spending was heavily tied towards their monthly mortgage. And the monthly mortgage, it's, it's a liability. It's not an, it's not an asset. So that's four bits of advice from President Barack Obama that came from an economic forum that he hosted probably about two years ago. Invest in yourself is probably the best concept that there is. Invoke the magic of compounding because if you invest in yourself, you get a little extra money, the compounding takes you a little further. Watch out for debt. Debt is a liability. It's not an asset. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Don't forget about that half-price deal. You can find it at kdow.biz. It's a hotel in Dublin this week. Check it out. Half-price is half-price. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Twitter handle Rob Black Show. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Little game over action today. We're learning that Atari, that's right, Atari. Came over. Um, it's not the same old bloodline Atari that you know. Atari was acquired from Hasbro in 2000. And 
France-based Infogames Entertainment adopted the Atari name in 2009. The company makes video games mostly through outside studios and licensing deals for consoles like the Sony, the Nintendo, the Microsoft, Xbox 360, as well as PCs, mobile devices, some Internet-based gaming. But, uh, yeah, so Atari's going bankrupt, so it is game over. It's a 30-year-old firm. A lot of original gaming pioneers came from Atari. Uh, Steve Jobs once worked with Atari, for Atari. Pong, Asteroid, Centipede. And there's some pretty good thoughts, pretty good ideas. I mean, memories, just when I say that, right? The Atari 2600, which if you never played, you probably didn't miss much, but it was all that in a bucket of chicken. Ghostbusters, Dungeons and Dragons, not so much. I mean, Ghostbusters and Dungeons and Dragons. How does that compete with, you know, Simpede? Right? Doesn't. Uh, asteroids. So, so basically, uh, shutting down. They only employ about 40 people in America. So, will they do? Will they come out of business? Will they come out of bankruptcy? Um. It's tough to say. It's, you know, 90% of Americans are familiar with the logo from Sony. I find that interesting to say the least. Um, I don't have too much more on that. I don't think the, I think anything more is just almost not doing anyone's service, right? <laughs> Company going bankrupt, and I, I so badly want to talk about it because it's tied towards my childhood. December existing home sales came in at 4.94 million versus expectations 5.1. There's just not a lot of inventory out there, and that's why a lot of people think home prices are going to continue to go higher for the foreseeable future. Now that doesn't mean that they're fairly priced, because you start making more homes, and sometimes, you know, uh, other people will look at it and go, oh, "I'm going to pay a little less," and it could change pretty fastly. So home sales. Up 12.8% in 2012. They eased a bit in December of 2012, but very tight supplies, like I said. Pent-up demand is sustaining the recovery. Record low mortgage rates, clearly helping the buyers. Tight inventory, restrictive mortgage underwriting, a lot of investors coming in and buying for cash. Median existing home price, 180300 bucks in December. That's up almost 11% year over year. How many of you know about a $180,000 house that you want to live in? Not so much in the Bay Area, but absolutely in other parts of the country. So the housing market's a bright spot. The automotive market, the car market, a bright spot. Rising home prices encourage people to list their homes for sales. And that may flood the market down the road. Not right now, but it may open more inventory. Lean inventory is good for the sellers. Heavy inventory, obviously, over six to nine months is bad for the sellers, good for the buyers. So we're in a seller's market right now. There's no doubt about it. I've got a friend who's been looking for a home for a while, and he doesn't want to settle. And this is not that type of market. This is the type of market where you settle. And again, I'm not, I would never tell anyone to do that, but that's the reality of our scenario right now. Americans are more and more so wanting the Made in the USA label. I think that could be a story of 2013. 
you know, I'd never considered buying an American car in my lifetime until this last cycle. In large part, my childhood was filled with years of uh, you know, Ford found on road dead. Chrysler, you know, the K car. No, thank you. So my formidable years, I just saw American cars stinking. And I saw, you know, the reliability reports on, like, Toyotas and Hondas were so large. So downright Americans want American-made stuff right now. Over 80% of Americans are willing to pay more for made-in-USA products. 93% of them say it's because they want to keep jobs in the U.S. That's, again, you know, cue the Bruce Springsteen, born down in a dead man's town. The inaugural balls got the party rolling yesterday. Now we start focusing on the economy. I would say the next two months, it's really not going to be earnings that drive the markets. It'll be earnings that sustain the markets. But what will drive the market will be politics. Verizon's fourth quarter loss widened, which should imply good things for Apple, but a lot is baked into Apple. And Apple makes more money on their 4S and their 4 and their 3G phones than they do on their 5. And Verizon basically said, look, we sold a lot of smartphones. They also had, like, impacts from Hurricane Sandy. But they said they activated 2.1 million net new devices. And what's going to be interesting about this, the iPhone 5, Apple reports this week. And after they report, probably some people are going to be disappointed. And what they're going to be disappointed in is the greatest release of all time of a product. And that tells you how successful they got. Saturday Night Live is getting a little flack for uh, running a Starbucks commercial that appeared to be uh, racist. Someone buys a coffee machine that has some undercurrents of African-American culture in it, and it doesn't work quite so well. But uh, sometimes comedy walks that line and, and makes mistakes. Trust me, I get on this show and I talk for two hours, and it's not always the easiest thing to pull off. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Unless you're Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Talking stock market. Talking earnings season. So we got our plates full today. Verizon. They missed by 13 cents. Stock trading slightly higher last time I looked. Delta in line. Johnson Johnson beat. But they said 2013 numbers don't look so great. So they're trading a little lower. Travelers beat on a good margin. DuPont beat. Um, and DuPont issued guidance above expectation. So this is, I'm not going to pound this, pound it, pound it, pound it. But it is worthy of note that uh, earnings are okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not upset by what I'm seeing out there. I'm not upset by where we are in the Wall Street. We've got the S&P 500 up two this morning. Dow down eight, NASDAQ down ten. President Barack Obama gave some inaugural remarks last night that were chilling. If you're a coal company, right? 
chilling if you're a train company that delivers coal. A lot of talk about same-sex marriage, gun control legislation, foreign policy. A lot of ways you can make money by the way president talks and by the way presidents get action put in place and or don't get action put into place. You know, does he want to or does he not want to wrestle with tax reform? Not, no, he's not going to wrestle with tax reform. Fiscal policy, budget cutting. He wants to expand entitlement programs, not cut them. Meaning four more years of trillion dollars of deficits. Our country's going to be in a tough place some 20, 30, 40, or 50 years down the road. It's tough to say. I know you're saying, dude, you're giving yourself a huge window of, of, of error. It depends on inflation. It depends on policy. It depends on you know wars and things like that. If we have a massive, massive bird flu epidemic that kills off lots of seniors, we'll be fine. Like, it's, it's impossible. And if you think that American politicians aren't busy at work in the lab trying to figure out how to kill off old people, and enti- you know, instead of cutting entitlement programs, now I don't truly believe politicians are out there doing that. I'm not that much of a conspiracy theory person. Maybe a little bit. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Phil Mickelson said something very interesting this weekend. He talked about, you know, taxes. He released a statement instantly taking back his statement, which is unfortunate. But I was reading uh, this weekend that, you know, he finished around at the PGA event and spoke to the media. He said, if you add it up, if you add up all the federal, look at the disability, the unemployment, the Social Security, the state taxes, my tax rate is 62 to 63%. He's a Southern California guy who's born in San Diego, lives in San Diego. The California raised part of its plan to fix the state's budget by raising taxes rates on people over a million dollars. He made $60 million last year. He makes his money through endorsements and tour winnings. He's the second best compensated athlete in the United States. So when he says, I may leave the state of California, that's what he meant by something drastic. Right? You agree with me? I would imagine so. The state of California has a lot of millionaires. And uh, it's easy to tax millionaires when you're going for votes. But millionaires aren't stupid. They made their millions somehow. And one way they made it was by not throwing money down the tax hole. They don't mind hiring people if it helps them make more money. So taxing the millionaires more could ultimately be a bad thing. You know, we'll see. The state of California is a state that had to implement IOUs. They've promised so much to so many people, who I refer to as uh, voters. That you don't, you want to keep your base. You want to stay reelectable. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I'd love to hear what you think about uh, people like Mickelson potentially leaving the state. I've had the conversation that when I retired, I want to leave the state. 
I've had the conversation out loud. Because if you have a million dollars when you retire, you really only have 900000 if the state you live in has a 10% income tax. And you really only have 800000 if the state you live in has a 10% sales tax. So taxes are important. Uh, tax basis are important. You know, there's one positive about a state like California is that ultimately if you've been here 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you've got a lower cost on your personal property tax than other people. But at that same time, um, if that's all you can afford, you have a huge exposure to real estate. So December existing home sales across the United States came in a little lower than expected. I'm reading it as good news. In large part, I think it's pretty obvious that a lot of Americans have a lot of money in their homes. But inventories are lean. December's not exactly the biggest home sales month of the year. Prices climb for a tenth straight month. And there's going to be pent-up demand. Now again, home sales fallen unexpected 1%. No one wants to see that, but it's out there. Other big stories of note today, it's earnings season. So tonight we're going to get numbers out of Google. IBM, CSX, Texas Instruments, Norfolk Southern. Two of them are big railroad companies. They'll tell us different things like autos. They'll tell us different things like energy pushing coal around the country, pushing clothing around the country. We've had a couple dock union worker stoppages this year, so they're not the purest of numbers. Google reports numbers tonight, which they have not been a shareholder-friendly kind of company. I'm not going to hold it massively against them, but they have not been a shareholder-friendly kind type of company. They report earnings, and they're like, oh, yeah, we did this massive acquisition. They come out with cool stuff after the earnings, but... You know, long-term, I like Google. They're very unique at what they do. Um, Facebook is going to be one of their bigger competitors down the road. Apple's going to be a big competitor down the road. So, I'm not going to say they're impervious, because that's certainly not what I'm trying to say. Bears are dropping like flies right now. Bears are people who expect the market to go lower, not higher. SP 500 is near all time highs. Economic skeptics are starting to throw in the towel. No one's really thinking we're going to go into a massive recession in the short term. There's just a ton of liquidity, and that's something to really worry about. With the Fed basically saying we're going to keep the cost of money low, you're seeing corporate America continue to refinance. Debt on debt and buying back shares with debt. So it's tough to be negative in this market right now. Just warning people. Yeah, hey, I have a Black Wednesday coming up, first Wednesday of the month in the Bay Area. I've got a seminar coming up in February. You can find out more about both these events at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. A Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station.
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Yesterday was Martin Luther King Day in the United States. and The markets were closed, and rightfully so. Clearly one of the greatest Americans of all time for what he stood for. You know, getting into a Martin Luther King debate probably would not be terribly fruitful because people have their set opinions on what he believed and did not believe. He won a Nobel Peace Prize. He tried to combat racial equality or racial inequality through nonviolence. It's my personal belief that he wanted all men to be created equal, that he wanted people to have the chance to succeed. And that's capitalism at its best. And that does turn into money, and that does turn into opportunity. He was big into nonviolence. Led a couple boycotts, a couple leadership conferences. I think he would be disappointed, all things, to, all things being equal, that we still live in this day and age where people get handouts, that they, they don't truly have a chance to make right for themselves. Get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. The S&P 500 down 2. The Dow up 7. The NASDAQ down 7. Let's welcome in certified financial planner Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And he is a certified financial planner, which is different than a stockbroker, which is different than um, you know, an investment advisor. It's different than a certified retirement specialist, which is a made-up title. The only title I care about is a CFP. Let's talk withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Let's talk pulling money out, withdrawal methods. Um, if you don't want to make a baby... No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about pulling money out of retirement. Um, you're, you've got this nest egg. What's the concept that we need to know on how to pull money out so that the rate, we don't burn too much too fast? Well, the first idea is getting in a, knowing whether or not you're, you're withdrawing too much. Right. If you're 50 years old and you're having to draw 4% of your portfolio to live and you think you can stay retired, you can't. You have potentially 50 years worth of inflation. So if you're drawing $50,000 a year now, in 18 to 20 years, you're going to have to live, draw $100,000 a year to live. And with muted returns in the, in the bond side, with very low income on bonds, you're going to run into problems. So, you know, 65, if you can draw 4% of your portfolio to live, you're going to be okay. More than that, you're going to run into some problems, which means that means that you're not going to be able to keep up with inflation. How realistic is it that I never touch my principal and I just live off my dividends? If you can retire at 65 and, and comfortably have you know, 2% of your portfolio to live, and then that starts the draw rate, so eventually you're going to you know, be pulling you know, all of your income. Yeah. So if you're only pulling 2 or 3%, that means the majority of your returns can be reinvested for future inflation. Um, and in the past, you could just, if you were that type of a wealthy person, you could just turn around and put all your money in treasuries. Now that's not the case. Treasuries are at a historical low in terms of yield. And so there's almost more risk there than having a mix of stocks and bonds. How often do you recommend people search for higher yield knowing that they're going to compromise on credit quality and or compromise on uh, equity smoothness or, uh, what am I trying to say, principal uh, risk? Well, what you look at is credit spreads. 
Okay. So the times where you're going to look at compromising or taking a little bit more risk and going for that higher yield, and an example of this is you look in March of 2009 where all bonds were thrown out with the stock market. I mean, the bond market got crushed for a short period of time, and the spreads between AAA-rated debt and government debt versus high-yield debt was at an all-time high. And within a year or two, you had you know 15 to 30% rates of return on high-yield bond funds. Um, so when the credit spreads between high-quality bonds and high-yield bonds is at a historical high or higher than the 10-year average, that's when you move money into those categories. The problem is right now that I think a lot of people are moving into way too much into preferred stocks with financial companies. Um, they're moving into uh, high-dividend-paying stocks that are directly tied to interest rates, and they're searching for that yield to replace bonds and replacing it with very volatile assets. How about protection from inflation? Mm-hmm. You can truly never protect yourself from inflation, even with Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, because different types of inflations occur. You know, tips only protect you against consumer inflation, sort of. Yeah, it's kind of the CPIU. CPI. Yeah. Whereas senior citizens, their inflation is more tied towards healthcare costs, which is higher than the CPI, typically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 5 to 6%. So can you truly protect yourself against inflation with your principal, or is that just a fantasy? In theory... Okay. You can by um, in terms of if you look at an overall bond portfolio, you typically want some corporate bonds, a mix of you know high quality and a, a mix of a little bit of high yield in there when you're retired. On the government bond side, you want basic government bonds, and those come in the forms of treasuries or tips, treasury inflation protected bonds, where the face value of the bond gets adjusted upward if there is inflation. Um, and uh, Ginny Mays, for example. But then of your bond portfolio, you want a good percentage of that, too, in foreign bonds. And this is something we talk about. Because if you're earning interest rate, if you're earning interest in other currencies' bonds, or other countries' bonds, and their currency, and your dollar's falling, once you move that currency back into U.S. currency, you get that extra boost from the, the exchange rates. So by being with a good foreign bond manager, and they're focusing on countries that have an increasing currency versus the U.S. dollar, that's a, that's a hedge against inflation as well. And then investing also in things like you know energy stocks that pay a nice dividend, that's another way to do it. So in theory you can, but we're, we're, we're coming into a time, Rob, where 10 years ago nobody was investing in commodities. Right. And the correlation was almost negative to the stock market. So you know if stocks were down, typically commodities would be up, kind of like with bonds. Now everything, real estate used to be that way as well. Now both real estate and commodities have gone closer to a correlation with the stock market. So really, to really hedge against the bad times, you still need that three years' worth of expenses and cash in retirement. Any final thoughts on taking capital gains as an investment strategy as far mm-hmm. as pulling down your uh, principal? Yeah, because what you have to do when you, uh, you know, five years prior to retirement, you need to look forward and say, how much am I going to have to draw from my portfolio every year? So here's my expenses. Maybe it's 100000 a year and you're getting fifty from Social Security and your pensions. You're going to have to draw fifty from your portfolio. That means you're going to have 150000 in cash. And that's where you're going to spend your money from. You're going to send your dividends and interest from your, your portfolio to your checking account, and you're going to spend some of your cash. And every quarter, you look at your portfolio. If you have an up quarter, you peel off enough of those gains uh, to replenish the cash. Does that mean you pay taxes? Yes. But would you rather pay taxes on gains or watch your gains disappear? We're talking withdrawal from your lump sum, from your pension, from your retirement plan, from your nest egg. I'm speaking with certified financial planner Chad Burton for more information about how to draw down your account. Find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, i got a seminar coming up 
relatively soon at the beginning of February. You can learn more at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You can sign up for my newsletter at robblack.com as well. You're just Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. There's no guarantee to land. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Rob Black, who you're listening to on an iHeart Radio Station. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Groupon, not so much. Not so much, right? Can't get behind it in any way, shape, or form. I just look at them as struggling. Uh, I don't see that much barrier to entry, and I see an expensive sales force for them at this point in time. Can they surprise? Absolutely. Do I want to take that risk? No. I got an email. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, from a guy named Robert. says, love the show. Can't always listen to work gets in the way. But I enjoy what I'm doing. I want your opinion on some protection strategies using callers. My opinion on puts and calls are they're there for wealthy people to protect big gains. They're not there for a way of a protection strategy. Unless you're a big gain. And they're not there for a wealth creation. Unless you have a big gain in a stock and need some income out of it. I tend to find most people don't understand options. Most people don't understand how news can affect options. And I find that 98% of people lose money with options. It's not worth it. So you can do all the strategy in the world. That is where I start going too much work, too crazy, too much math, uh, too smarty pants. I want to do it, Robert. Again, I don't know your age, your income, your assets, your liability, your time frame. I, I'm not giving investment advice like this. There's just no way. Um, I recommend working with someone who can help you develop a strategy versus trying to get what you think is a no-lose scenario. I've never seen a no-lose scenario. Except for being my friend. Um... So I mentioned right before we went to break that I do have a newsletter that I'm going to be sending out later this week, next week. I tend to use the newsletter to talk about markets, talk about the economy, talk about stocks that I like, and also to promote some events like Black Wednesdays coming up, which is a meet and greet in the Bay Area. Promoting a seminar that's coming up in the Bay Area. I'm going to be planning one for Seattle sometime later this year, uh, probably the next few months. But i uh, got one coming up in Walnut Creek, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event. That's Saturday, February 2nd. And a Money 101, All Things Financial, Saturday, February 2nd. Both of them are at the Embassy Suites uh, in Walnut Creek. You can learn more about them. One is for creating wealth, and one is for protecting wealth. They're pretty good events. Uh, I go through a lot of material. This is my one big trip out in the East Bay, deep East Bay, as I would refer to it. 
You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com for more information. But also that newsletter, there's a, a visitor sign-up. First thing you see on the page, if you sign up, I'll add you to my newsletter list and uh, get some stuff sent out to you later this week. World unemployment could hit record levels this year. It could continue to rise till 2017. Now, on one level, this is awful for the economy. On the other hand, we're reporting record profits. We have a Federal Reserve around the world that are lowering interest rates. We have demographics that are not encouraging in the world that are creating debt problems for sovereign nations, especially particularly in the euro right now. So there's a little bit of a piecemeal approach that I think short-term gives us upside, but long-term, you're going to need a little bit more defensive of a portfolio. You're going to expect a little bit lower returns. saw a statistic out there that almost makes me want to vomit. 23% of adult Americans suffer from bunions. Two-thirds of people age 65. Bunions are typically associated with women who wear high-heeled shoes for decades, which I don't understand. I mean, I love women. I love men. Women, you don't have to impress men with heels. Pointy-toed shoes. I don't get it, especially if you're a young woman. Uh, It just seems so unnatural. Doctors typically recommend non-surgical remedies, but that's going to start to change. A bunion's not an overgrowth of a bone. Many people think that it is. Big toe drifts towards second toe and affect the position of other toes. People are losing the ability to run. People are losing the ability to uh, lose weight. People are getting more diabetic. So seeing statistics like this on the rise, I'm interested in what are the surgical procedures? Not for cosmetic reasons, but for other issues. And if you've never seen a bunion, go Google bunion. Like I said, you'll feel like a mouse went in your mouth and throw up. Let's go to Dale. Dale, how are you? Pretty good. Love your show. Hey, I, I got a question for you, and if you have time for it, a, a, a confession to you, too. But uh, right now I've got a big position in DDD. I like them. Um, and I've been, I look at the Security Exchange Commission at the SEC or whatever, and I notice that their CEO is selling a lot of stock. This, uh, so you, I'm wondering if the stock seems overbought right now. Maybe we should take some profit and then get back into it, or, or uh, it's got a great uptrend, do you, do you think it's still a good hold? Um, I think it's a story stock. It's something that I mentioned on my podcast three years ago. Um, so if you were listening to the podcast three years ago, you've done great with us. DDD stands for 3D Systems. It's 3D printers. Uh, literally, companies are able to manufacture a prototype on the spot now versus having to rig up their manufacturing to do prototypes. Um, I think... They've got a lot of upside. If you were the CEO of a company that had gone from, you know, uh, 20 bucks a year ago to 70 bucks today, you'd probably be selling some stock too, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You might buy a boat. You might be taking the wife to on a vacation, something along those lines. Uh, this is probably the most dangerous stock you can own. The stock's gone parabolic. Uh, maybe you take a little bit off the table if you're you're goofed or you're weird. 
the earnings aren't until mid-February. There's no immediate earnings risk. Uh, but it is priced like it's an absolute blowout. This is what you would refer to as be careful territory. Um, how long have you owned it? Uh, about three months. Okay. So you've done pretty good. Yeah. Uh, would you be upset if you lost those gains? Um, yeah, because I'm trying a new thing as as far as going long-term. It's a new trading style, actually, I got from listening to you. And so I'm a little bit nervous on doing it because usually I would have sold it a long time ago, but then I would have lost the profits I already made, too. So I'm a, I'm a little bit nervous about the whole thing. Well, I'm not recommending very many trading styles on the show other than, you know, you go long-term, you don't freak out, you don't panic. Yeah. Uh, you accumulate well, what stocks. what happened was, this is a confession, I called a while ago, and I was making some great gains, and I made some really risky trades, and I ended up losing my shorts. And um, I, so I started really listening to to things you said, and, and, and um, so I've, I've repositioned myself, and, and I've been buying long-term stocks now, and it's, it's a, sometimes to me it's a little bit boring, but I've actually, have, uh, I think I'm doing a little bit better just by hanging on to stocks, picking stocks that are going to last a while rather than picking stocks that's going to go up for about a week or two. In the long run, you're not going to pick stocks that go up for a week or two very often. It's, you're just not. If I mean, I tried doing it. I've been in this business 17, 18 years. There's times where you're great at it when it's an up market, but when it's a down market, you get murdered. Um, yeah. And you can never predict when the down market's coming in any way. Like, who saw 9-11 coming? Um, and that changed the world because we've had low interest rates for the last, you know, 10-plus years now. And uh, that's one of the reasons our economies are doing as well as they are, even with all the big messes that we have uh from nations and demographics, from unemployment and other structural problems. But where are you calling from in Seattle? I'm in the uh, Bellevue, Medina area. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to the show, and make sure you tell friends. Will do. Appreciate that. Thanks. No problems. Uh, Again, don't credit me with your trading styles, because I don't want the SEC like going, you told them exactly what to do. I do. I do not. Uh, something about what I try to do is I try to say, okay, here's some, you know, here's what's working, here's what's not working. For instance, Google has a history of like big, big misses on earnings that kind of freaks me out as far as uh, owning that stock into earnings short term. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we're here tomorrow saying Google's down 100. Now, some of you are going to go, I'm going to go buy that stock because he said it could be down. A, I'm going to go short that stock because he says it could be down 100 tomorrow. Uh, take a look at every three-month period on the stock, and it's 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 a volatile, crazy one. Now, it used to be volatile to the upside, and then that started turning around and going the other direction. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. He was talking about a company called 3D Systems, and again, it's a unique story because when you say the word 3D printer to someone, they're like, what are you talking about? Uh, but yeah, there's 3D printers out there now. So today we saw strong December home sales. So that continues to tell me. Well, no, we didn't see strong December home sales. We saw strong 2012 home sales, as far as existing homes go. Um, that continues to tell me that there's some upside. There's absolutely some upside to our economy, especially in retailers tied towards the home. Home Depot is a little bit better than Lowe's right now. That, that's kind of cyclical. It'll change. And uh, companies like Williams-Sonoma, everyone's expecting them to fail because the retailer, the consumer's got 2% less in their paycheck this year versus last year. 
But when people buy homes, they they, they got to go get the throw pillows. they got to go get the beer steins. This is Rob Black. You can sign up for my newsletter. It's going to be coming out later this week, early next week. That's available at robblack.com under visitor sign up. Got a seminar coming up in a couple weekends. Robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Whether you're just starting out on the 20-yard line or driving toward the end zone, your chances of success depend on a solid game plan. Join Rob Black on February 2nd for back-to-back seminars on wealth management and wealth accumulation. From 9 a.m. till noon, it's wealth preservation and retirement planning with CFP Chad Burton. Learn tax reduction strategies, estate planning tips, how to reduce risk by diversifying, and how to pull money out of the markets in retirement. Rob and Chad will discuss the economic outlook, portfolio structure, asset allocation, and more. At 1 p.m., it's Money 101 with the focus on wealth accumulation. Rob will cover everything from insurance, 401Ks, IRAs, asset allocation, good debt and bad debt, and more. Learn hints, tips, and tricks, and see how eliminating common mistakes can make a huge difference. Bring your portfolio and your questions to the Embassy Suites Hotel in Walnut Creek on February 2nd. Wealth preservation from 9 to noon, wealth accumulation from 1 to 4. Register today at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. If you're an athlete of any kind and you know about joint pain, muscle pain, and even arthritis, nearly half of all Americans suffer from some kind of pain due to chronic inflammation. Here's legendary golfer and Anatoblock ambassador, Fred Couples. This is Fred Couples for Anatoblock. It's been great for me and could be for you too. Anatoblock is a breakthrough supplement scientifically proven to quickly and effectively reduce inflammation and get rid of your pain fast. For me, Anatoblock has been phenomenal. I started taking Anatoblock and within a few days, I simply started feeling better. Anatoblock was an amazing find for me, and I continue to feel better. Call 800-845-1537 to try Anatoblock for free. Anatoblock is now looking for real-life testimonials for anyone who has back pain, muscle pain, or painful arthritis. Just call 800-845-1537 for details. Call today at 800-845-1537 to get your free supply and get out of pain today. That's 800-845-1537. Again, 800-845-1537. It's a fact. One of the... You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back again. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. What's on your financial mind? You know, I throw that out there on a regular basis. I know we are all very, very different type of investors, and I acknowledge that quickly and rapidly. Hopefully you do as well. I don't think you should have a Buddha or guru. I think you should come up with, if you can't come up with 20 things to absolutely positively believe in, I don't think you should be investing. I'm not asking for the toughest assignment on the planet. I'm saying be able to define yourself on why you pick a stock. Why you pick a a portfolio, 401k. I assure you, this weekend, I went to a Blazers game. Um... Went up and did some business up in the Pacific Northwest. Sat in a luxury box, which was nice. I did more networking than I did watching a game. 
I'm not telling you you should go out and network. I'm saying consider it. I think networking is important, especially when you're young. It's one of the biggest regrets that I have. And I know that sounds like an odd regret to have, but it's absolutely true. I wish I could go back in college, not be nicer, just be more aware of, you know, opportunities that would lie in the future that don't show themselves as obvious today. And again, you're not always going to be right. That's, you know, the critical thing that you really have to always know about yourself. So this weekend I'm away. And one of the things I I do is, like, I've got a lot of downtime in hotels. I check my 401K. I check, you know, my paperwork. I update my paperwork, which is a crazy concept to update paperwork. But in my 20s, I dated one girl from, like, 18 to 24. Then from 24 to almost 30. Like, I'm a serial long-term relationship kind of guy. Uh, In between, I make some mistakes for sure. But anytime you open paperwork, like, I'm not that close to my family. So I'd always open it with, you know, a girlfriend or sugar booger, whatever you want to say. Um, It's well documented. I was married for a very short period of my life. (laughs) Beginning to end a little over a year with a six-month separation, legal separation. Uh, Get all the paperwork out of her name. Last person in the world you want your, your money going to. So make sure you go through your paperwork. Uh, start asking yourself questions like, hey, if I die today, does anyone need my, my money? In my 20s, if I died, my cat would have been down the creek, so to speak, but no one else. Just take care of your loved ones. Take care of people that need you. Existing home sales fell, but prices climbed for the 10th straight month. Should you rush out and buy a home? I think you should own a home for a tax deduction as long as they have those tax deductions. Otherwise, if I didn't get the tax deductions, I'd, I'd be a renter. Unless the, you know, it's a total rental market where, you know, prices continue to go up on you. There is a, a own versus renting calculator. If anyone wants a copy, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Also, to consider things, if uh, i got a newsletter coming out later this week on the economy, on some stock picks, you can sign up for it. Visit or sign up under robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Um, rumor out there that Microsoft is going to be throwing $1 to $3 billion, $1 to $3 billion into Dell to help them do a leveraged buyout. You could have a short-term play. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. There could be a short-term play in Dell. But the buyout that they want is ridiculous. I mean, it's a big leverage buyout. They're, they're looking to a partner like Microsoft to make sure that everyone stays in business, everyone stays happy. It's not a small buyout. Now, can you make money going out and buying Dell because they go private, they, take up, you know, they pay off all the current shareholders? You could. You know what I like to say, though? If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, so what a party would have. Also, I like to say, pick a side. Now, figure out what type of investor you're going to be. I got some investments in Asia. Asia's outperforming my U.S. investments this, in the last six months. Um, 
So I've, I'm not going to say I've hedged my bets, but I diversified my portfolio. I think you should too. Verizon has recently said that they just had a, a blowout quarter on the smartphones, which is basically saying, you know, iPhones in the U.S. are doing well. Verizon has about 11% of the iPhone sales. Now, that could actually hurt Apple, because the iPhone 5 was released in the fourth quarter. Verizon's fourth quarter loss widens. And that could actually hurt Apple, because they don't make as much money on the iPhone 5 as they do the iPhone 4S, the iPhone 4G, uh, 4 and the 3G. Excuse me. In the first hour, I gave some President Barack Obama advice, summing up. He said, invoke the magic of compounding, save a little bit here, save a little bit there. It works over time. His grandmother taught him that. It's true. Money doubles every 7.2 years. He said, beware of debt. Uh, there's good debt. There's bad debt. I like college debt if it leads to a higher-paying job. I like college debt uh, versus high school degree. I like home debt as a tax deduction. I don't like home debt for any other reason than tax deductions. Well, okay, I'm lying. I like that it doesn't readjust for inflation. And that's too big of a concept to hit in 30 seconds or less. Obama said, spend less than you make. That's great advice. Um, and again, congratulations, Obama. Yo, this is Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Tell friends about the show. Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.